Oh, that was fun. <laughs> I've been working on that all day. Uh, uh, you want to hear one of my favorite, like, not-so-PC jokes? Oh, yeah. What do gay horses eat? <laughs> hey. What do butch horses eat? Hey. Good don't one. write me. Good don't, don't at me. Sarah told me, by the way, this is episode 255. <laughs> when we were in Thailand on the ruins, you told another offensive joke that oh. still makes me laugh. What is it? I it's can't the wait. rollerblading one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke that I have since heard many people say. And I'd like to say that I was on it like 10 plus years ago. Ahead of your time, but also behind. What's the most difficult thing about rollerblading, Susie? What, Sarah? Telling your parents you're gay. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, I love rollerblading, and I identify as... (laughs) Not straight. Not straight. (laughs) So So therefore, I can make that joke. When you think of the joke, do you think of a woman? Nope. I've always thought of a guy. And you know the show, there's like a character on the show Reno 911 who wears the short shorts, and I feel like he maybe has rollerblades. If he (laughs) doesn't, somebody should get him those for Christmas. (laughs) But like, have you ever told the joke to other gay people? And do they think it's funny? Mm, No, and probably not. Well, because... I don't know. Most people don't rollerblade anymore, so maybe it's outdated. But then (laughs) it's back, because so are like, oh my God. 90s fashion. Yeah. Can we just put a nail in the coffin of the Junko jeans? Because I saw those back and I was like, please, God, they're back from the dead. And (laughs) what? What? I really thought it was like just for like Halloween and this is a joke. Sarah, true story. My road rules was so long ago. Oh my God, you wore those. They gave them to us as like trade. (laughs) Junko jeans. You would have held on to them. I'm going to find a picture of me. And now they're, okay, so... Back in the day, the baggy pants were a super big thing. And then in Southern California, if you were a dude, you were probably a skater. Yeah. So the thing was to cut the bottom of them. So they were like cropped. Oh, no. Well, now Capri. that's the style. Oh, no. They're cropped wide leg jeans, which is, I'm like, this was that's skater not wear in 1994. <laughs> and all the guys I had crushes on. So Is it popular for boys right now? No, girls. Oh, it's a girl thing. But then I saw the I was looking at Instagram and there were I sometimes, you know, I'll go down the hole of weird fashion yeah. trends. Oh, it was because I was looking at Balenciaga's new fashion. Do you see their jacket that's like nine jackets in one? No. They're charging $9,000 for this thing. It no joke looks like the episode of Friends where Joey or puts on <laughs> all of his clothes. <laughs> That is exactly what it looks like. And I, I, I very rarely tweet, and I yes. tweeted out Balenciaga's trolling all of us with the picture <laughs> of that. And I missed it. I was like, this is definitely, like, they're definitely fucking with us. My God. Yeah. Nine grand, Nine thousand, and all it looks like is like a flannel over a fleece, over a blazer, over a parka, no. over another parka, over another flannel. Do you go seeking out this stuff? No. Because you're not like a fashionista in your life. You are correct, Susie. <laughs> that would be a fair statement to make. But yet you know all about these trends all the time. You're right, I What's do. What's that about? It's almost like I like to live on the the outside and just look in. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to wear that shit, but I really want to look you at it. You want to know about it. I want to know about it. I mean, my mom was a wardrobe stylist. Right. So I think it's kind of like in my blood. Yeah, but I'm not like looking up Port Authority bus schedules. But, okay. What? Because your dad, but your mom's religious and you became a doctor of <laughs> theology. So that's not the same. Sort of. If you had become studies. a wardrobe person, then true, now true, we have a true, comparison. True, true, true. <laughs> mm. I'll have a look at that picture though. 
But I had a crazy psychic premonition the other day, and then it came true. And it was, like, not a little one. Like, I had a premonition that a woman's dress was going to catch on fire, and it actually caught on fire. In front of you? Yep. What happened? I was at a uh, new full moon. Oh, Jesus yep, Christ. exactly what you think it is. Like, full moon, like, setting your intentions, like, Are you, know. you where? Did you even find out about this? <sighs> Through one of my friends, and she, oh we're, my. like, very, oh, my God, this totally brings me to the things I have to talk about today. You're barely going to get a word in today. <laughs> Anyways, I went to this, this like, uh, I want. It's not a full moon party. That's like Thailand where they drink you funny tea. You did say that. No, it was like uh, you sit in a circle and you like set your intention for the month and you like talk about like what this moon means Jesus and like spirituality Christ. stuff and like. Blah. And as we were there meditating, like laying on the floor, I had this thought. I was like, something's about to catch on fire. I wonder if there's a candle on in my house. I feel like my house is. Go- What's about to catch on fire? Well, you are always thinking that. Well, yeah, probably. But like two set. I mean, I really had this legit thought. Like something is def- stronger than normal. And then two <laughs> seconds later, this woman was like, "Ah, my dress!" And she started hitting it because her skirt caught the f- candles that were on the floor. What? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Dude, I totally saw that in my brain." 30 seconds ago. Whoa. So I'm probably a psychic or something. You're, but of no, no use because you keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a selfish witch. <laughs> That's introverted so witch. That totally... I cannot believe this is something you want to be a part of. Oh, I love it. And it's not just, it's, it's how getting many times in touch. did you cry at it? None. Okay. I didn't cry at all, and I didn't even say a word. I didn't talk the whole time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to be a silent observer. And I'm just going to like let other people share. But I had a really interesting experience because there was one male in the group. Oh boy. And Does he rollerblade? (laughs) (laughs) No, he does not strike me as a rollerblader. But he, we got to go around the room and like you could share your intention if you wanted to. Uh And like sometimes if you wanted to speak up and you wanted to talk, you you know, the floor was open to do so. This guy talked. Yeah. Susie's face says it all right now. Oh my God. Way more than everybody else. And it was like he recently came in. This whole thing is like new moon goddess, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and this guy's basically mansplaining female energy to us is what it felt like. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe this guy is the one controlling the conversation. Yeah, dominating. He totally was. And I was like, I wonder if the – and women changed their the way that they spoke yeah. to, to make it more gender inclusive. And I'm like, they wouldn't do it for you. Right. I was like – Furious, was and then he I was like, "You know what? I can't talk." No, he was like, "He's like recently discovered spirituality and like Gross. all this stuff," and he's like, "Which is like great for him on his spiritual <laughs> journey." But I'm like, it's "Boy, him. bye. We have all been doing this for years, and don't even start with me." And I was raised like this, and all of us women were. And welcome it would be to the like club. If I went to a Black Lives Matter meeting and then started, yes, being yes, it the, would. the most dominant voice in the yes, room. It, which I'm sure happens it sometimes True, with white people. Gross. Just it's too. Super gross. And this guy, in my mind, I'm like, oh, God. So dumb. But, like, good for you, buddy. And some woman's going to be real lucky. But, you know. Imagine how annoying someone would have to be to be the most annoying person at a new moon party. Right? So I was, like, I loved it. And I was, like, the least annoying person. But (laughs) that brings me to one of the things that I want to discuss with you. Susie, did you see the new, the witch kits that Sephora was going to sell, but then it got pulled. No! Oh my God, I'm so excited that you haven't heard about this. Okay, so there's a company that's based out of San Francisco. 
And yeah. like, let me get the name of it because I want to make sure I give them <laughs> credit. Uh, they're called <laughs> Pinrose. Pinrose is the company, and they're mm. a San Francisco company, and they call it the Starter Witch Kit. Oh, Lord. So in this kit uh, are some fragrances, uh, a bundle of white sage, a rose quartz, and a tarot card deck. I like it. I like it, too. I like sells for $40. Here. People are outraged. Who? Everyone. So Wiccans are outraged because they're like, if you think that you're going to, like, this is sacred stuff. If people really want to get into this, then let them do it the right way. It's definitely not with a $42 kit at Sephora that is like, you know. And then people who are Native American are really against the use of white sage, like how they're like using white sage and everybody, all these white girls are like smudging and blah, blah, blah. But nobody knows how it's really used ceremoniously and all this stuff. And I kind of get both, you know, I kind of get it. I'm like anti the witch kit too, even though then, I'm so pro witch. I just feel, <laughs> I just feel like then don't buy one. Why do you have to pull it from the yeah, shelf? Yeah, but it's almost like so they were they were saying that it's like uh, I don't know to profit off of something that is. Oh, uh, may I introduce you to religion from well, the beginning of time? That's why I wrote cross necklaces question mark on my paper because I'm like, wow, people were outraged, and I really get it, but. How come we're not really pissed at everybody for selling cross necklaces? Or even like if you wanted to compare it with something kitschy, there's plenty of like Jesus and Moses. Oh my crap God, you're totally right. supposed to be funny. Yeah. That, it, you know. And I think profit. that's cool. Of like, course now it is. Because I remember the very first deck of cards. I got like a witch, like a witchy deck of cards when I was little and I loved it. I was like, you know, and we grew up with that I kind like of that. pagan. I love it. Like, that was kind of what we learned at home. You know, my mom was like, oh, we went to Native American ceremonies all the time. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. I support all of it. I don't care who profits from what. That's I just had a little bit of a problem with, with Sephora being like, they pulled it. Why they were is like, it like, we this- hear you. We're not going to put it out there. We're taking it down. I was more outraged at the price. I'm like, $42, if you were to. Yeah, you're the dummy that, that buys stuff. it, then that's your problem. Sage, you, it's $2 for a bundle. A rose quartz is going to cost you $1.50. Yeah. And a nice tarot deck is maybe 15 It's just a cute gift, It's like gift, 20 though, bucks max. Too. Like, I think it's a cute gift, and you're not going to just buy some some sage. But people disagree with you, so. I hate people, though. I know. But I do love another ritual, which is ritual vitamins. Oh, my God, if that wasn't the most perfect segue ever. <laughs> Thank you. Ritual vitamins are the only vitamins that I can even handle because I get sick if I take mm. the normal ones. And these are special because they are flavored with a natural mint essential oil, so they don't taste like garbage and make you sick. Mm-hmm. And they're time release, so you don't get nauseous. And they fill in the gaps where your food isn't providing you all the vitamins you need. Um, 95% of women don't get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. And Ritual created a smarter vitamin with those nine essential ingredients women lack most. So it's got vitamin D, omega-3, all that good stuff. You just take, I take mine at night, every night Mm. when I take my birth control and, you know, whatever else I got cooking, mainly anti-anxiety pills. (laughs) Uh, But it's just part of my routine. So I do it every day and then it comes to my door automatically when I'm running low. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Um, so if you go to ritual.com slash brain candy, um, choose clean ingredients backed by science, sign up now at ritual.com slash brain candy to get those. And you tell me if you like them because I, I, I'm a believer. I didn't know the answer. They do. 
Right. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Um, I'm sitting over here. Did you have another story? I have so many. Okay, I'll just let you go. Just no, no. Please I like it. chime in. Well, I was gonna say I'm over here drinking my McDonald's um, through your large straw. <laughs> Do they give you like? I'm what? convinced that 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 mm. McDonald's makes their straws a little bit larger than everybody else, so that you drink more soda. I'm glad. I mean, I'm sure it's just like an extra few cents they get. <laughs> like, it just know. reminded me, though, that I had read a story about these guys, these Filipino-American guys who had seen in their local McDonald's, there was one <gasps> wall. I saw this. How oh, great is God, that? It's so great to tell everyone. The, there was no signage. <laughs> so they made their own poster of themselves. Like It, it looked authentic. It's super authentic. It had like the graphics. They did like the, the kind of uh, like a... a Water, almost like a watermark yeah. of a geometric design overlaid on top, so that it looks like it had all the right, you know, logos on it. Per and they're both minorities, so it looked like yes, McDonald's is definitely trying to be inclusive by including many different people on their posters, <laughs> and they clearly look like they are loving the food. They, they were, are loving it. They were it. loving it, and they put that poster up, and nobody noticed it had been up for like two months, fifty-one days. Yeah, before <laughs> anyone was like, "Wait a minute!" And they're like a picture with them with their thumbs up next to it, like. How has nobody, well, I'm sure people have done this before, like just for their own enjoyment, but. There was a story about um, an artist who, okay, so there's a freeway in Southern California that has a really shitty entrance, like uh, uh, it's it, very confusing on-ramp. Yeah. Like there's been traffic accidents, there's been backups here forever, and people have always written to the city of being like, you need to add new signage, you need to add new signage, you need to add new signage, never happened. So finally this artist was like, fuck it, I'm going to put up my own sign. I'm going to use all the same materials. He, like, crowdfunded the money to do it, puts it up, and it didn't get noticed but for months. What was it? Months. It was just a big, it's like a freeway sign. Like, yeah. merge or, like, exit for this, you know, coming up or whatever. Threw it up there. Like, the most <laughs> helpful piece of graffiti ever. Right. And they ended up taking it down and, like, getting him in a whole bunch of trouble. For real? For real. I wonder how they figure out who who did it. I don't know. I, I, I think through the crowdsourcing, the crowdfunding, and they found out who did it. But, Dang. you know, it, it, to me, I remember reading that story and being, like, pissed that he got in trouble because yeah. so many people were grateful that he did what the city finally, like, should have done, done yeah. a long time ago. And I think he said he ended up doing it for less than what it would have actually cost the city to make the sign and put it up himself, yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, what the heck? Yeah, what the heck, I'm I I'm not to find that article. Right. that was a real thing. I support all kinds of pranks like yep. that. If I no one gets hurt, right? come on. And uh, in his, what? Don't even what? claim that about? because you say you do not like pranks and that I like a lot of pranks in which no one gets hurt, like my cereal on the bed. Point. And you're like, no, I'm not having any of those shenanigans. So would you Wait, like to go back on your statement? what did you say about cereal? Cereal, like the time where I covered their mattress with cereal and then remade the bed with no. a fitted sheet. Somebody got hurt. That bed. <laughs> The bed got hurt. I do no not... beds were hard in the making of this prank. But um, I should <laughs> rephrase what I like are pranks where there's no victim. Oh, okay, that's true. That's like true. Like a poster at McDonald's. Okay, you're totally right. Yeah. No victim. No that's victim. a better way to word it. Right. Okay. I'm Touché. sorry. <laughs> if you put crap in my bed, oh my it god, is not funny. I could not imagine what I would not prank you. Yeah, you would not. I would definitely not. You are. You have don't prank me written Here's all the thing. over. You can't trick a tricker. Mm -hmm. and I will kill. 
Yeah. Oh, and then you open up Pandora's box, and I would not want to be on the receiving Adam end. Adam always of says one. that. He's like, it's not worth it. Not like, worth nothing it. is worth it because I will <laughs> escalate. It's yes. like, this is what I was trying to say. The other day, we had this situation with um, our brain candy crush. They were mad about the Johnny porno, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. And I just would, kept reinforcing, like, we're decent, yeah. but we're also reality people. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. are going to have an element of like, let's mm-hmm. up the ante here. Absolutely. Let's be hilarious or yes. whatever. And people forget that because they think, oh, they're just like feminists and Keep whatever. me away from water bottles. <laughs> I will use it as a weapon <laughs> in any way I can. That is straight reality star behavior if yeah. I've ever seen it. Well, <laughs> there's only one place I picked that up. I went to the Grove uh, the other day to go to the Apple store, and it mm-hmm. takes a long time for me to get there. Well, also, you're going into like the heart of darkness for like <laughs> somebody who's an introvert. The heart of darkness. Like you're going into I the middle the of LA. I love the Grove. It's like pra- crazy parking filled with millennials. <laughs> there's a Forever 21 and an H&M. You're like, ah. Yeah, it's crazy. And I went in and I. I had scheduled an appointment for one or whatever, and we went in, and the guy was like, yeah, your appointment's for Wednesday, like three days from now at one. <sighs> and so he goes, so see you Wednesday. And I go, do they train you to be smug, or does that just come <gasps> naturally? Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> what did he say? And he was like, oh, uh, no, I, I'm i sorry. And I was like, because we just drove an hour and a half to get here, so you don't have to be like, see you Wednesday. Oh, like, God. you could be nice about it. He was regretful. It sounds like it. Oh, God. <laughs> so then we were leaving. I go, see you Wednesday. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Piece of don't, shit. Don't, don't Linda. Mess. He's probably Linda's he, son. Yep, yep. How about yep. that video about How Linda? about that? I was like, see, it is always Linda. And then somebody commented, like one of the top comments was like, it's always, it's Linda. always Linda. And I was like, oh, we know. We've been on it for years. She is a real problem. I mean, what if it just were the same Linda? Who's right. like real kind of like that tickle guy? <laughs> you know how it's like he's running a whole a dynasty. Di- yes. <laughs> how she's like created, you know, and maybe like she's like George Foreman and she's named all of her offspring Linda too. <laughs> so they can just be a whole swarm of like angry people, white women who want to speak to the manager. <laughs> right. It's like the opposite of China where they murdered the girls. <laughs> she just murders all boys and is like, I'm only naming them Linda. I only want girls, and they're getting short haircuts. <laughs> What haircut do you think Linda had? One that looked just like um, Kate, you Kate know, plus eight the get yeah, Goslin. <laughs> and have we? I mean, Goslin. No, it's not yeah, it. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I'm just laughing. But about like, it. also Gosling and chicks, and like, there's a bunch of them. And have we put that together? No, but you're right. I mean, really. <laughs> I was thinking that when I was doing the doodle the other day, and I was drawing Mark Long, and yes. I was like, oh. Okay. I see you, Mark. Our theory about last name holds up. Yeah. I've been, there's been several that happened lately. It's usually politicians, you know, like Anthony Weiner or whatever. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, of course. Yeah. One of the, the top swimmers, and she went on to play water polo, I think at Stanford. Her last name was Fish. No. I was like, come on. It's her destiny. Destiny. Uh-huh. So, you know. We haven't decided what your name means, though. You're, you personally. Me? Sarah what do you mean, rice. like rice? Yeah. What is that about? I don't know. That's a good point. You're like substantive <laughs> and filling. <laughs> yes. Super filling, the base to any good meal. 
don't know. Great in a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is not great in a burrito? What? But is great on your face. What? Is bioclarity. That's true. You probably don't want to eat it. No. But you probably, but you probably could. Because there's chamomile, green yeah. tea, cucumber, licorice root. Yeah, those all sound good. But it's actually a three-step skincare routine. So that's probably the best route to yeah. take. Yeah. And it's so great. It goes comes right to your door. And they have a clear skin routine, which is great for me. I have breakout prone skin. And they have an essentials routine, which is better for normal or dry skin. And now they have the masks. There's the clarifying and the hydrating masks, the glow getter. And BioClarity is delivered straight to you. And it's easy to use three-step routine, vegan, gluten-free, cruelty-free. What do you want from me? Everything. Get started on healthier habits with your skincare. Just go to BioClarity.com. Our listeners get their first month for 50% off a routine, plus shipping is free. And it comes with 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. You just need to enter our code BRAINCANDY. That's BioClarity.com and enter code BRAINCANDY. Did you hear about the the um, Chinese kindergarten hmm. class mm-hmm. on first day of school brought in a stripper on a pole dance? What, 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 what? <laughs> okay, wait, I question. I love it so much. Is this anything like the uh, old people's home who thought it would be a good idea? Is it like, no, there's no way you can swing the... Not the word I meant to use. There's no way that you can claim that. The teacher claimed that she just wanted to introduce them to all different kinds of dance. That's freaking... No, 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 no. And the best part is that there's a video, and this hooker, not literally, this woman in shorts and like a tight black tank top is doing her pole dance to like funky music, and like these kids are just like don't know what to even make of it. Is happening. <laughs> Wait, I okay. It was sexual. It wasn't. Like- of course, it was. <laughs> I'm sure. What if it wasn't at all? <laughs> She's doing the robot on like. <laughs> right, but the pulse is there. Um. Okay. Follow up yeah. questions. Yes. Did she do any other forms of dance before and after this? They had other dancers that specialize in other kinds of dance. Like what? Well, they didn't show them because that's like, not okay, funny. Like, okay, if I were to say, Susie, please list to me five types of dance, you'd probably say modern, ballet, tap. jazz, tap. You know what you wouldn't say? Exotic. <laughs> Exotic. That's not listed in, the, in if you're signing your five-year-old up Can for dance imagine? classes, that's not an option. So yeah. it shouldn't be an option. Like, no, 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 no. No. What? I don't understand how this happened. Is this real? It's real. And parents were like walking their kids out because obviously I would. Obviously. I know. How did this get greenlit? You know? Because you have to get, maybe it's different in China, but there's a lot of red tape here in the US of A. It's just luckier over there. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Right? But she was like really focused and... There was a lot of knee work. <laughs> her level of means. skill and her her uh, work on the pole is is not really the issue. No, she was very talented, it, but that, yeah, it was not the right. Place. You know what they say: location, location, location. <laughs> Sarah, what would you do if you brought your kid in and there She's was? She's gotta go. Destiny. She's gotta be fired. I mean, is this the teacher or yeah. the teacher chose to hire this person? Either oh, way, this. it's wrong. 
the teacher chose to bring in this person. Okay. That would have been way funnier, though. Well, then I saw that other video of a te- some teacher who was recently let go because she posted a video of herself pole dancing on Facebook, and she was Was that fired. her job? No. Like, was it her side no, job? It was, no, it was just like, sh- you know. For exercise? Yeah. Like how they have all those... What do you think about that? I don't think I don't in that think situation she should have been fired. fired. No. So I was that's I was kind of like wondering if I was looking at something like that, but no, this woman straight up hired. Where in your mind do you think that this is a good thing to do? Well, either the teacher was being provocative on purpose or the, this woman is just totally out of, out her, of mind. her mind. Yeah. Either way she can't be with children. No. If you think that that's okay for a second, then you probably think freaking other weird things are okay too. Yeah. If this is like what you're doing in front of parents, what are you doing when the parents aren't there? I'm not okay with this. Maybe they, there's a thing though we where we need to bring pole dancing to the mainstream. Is there ever a, is there ever a way that you could pole dance without it being sexual? Or is the pole a symbol? Oh. Of the penis. You know, I've seen a lot of celebrities who have pole, poles in the oh, house. Oh, yeah. Kate Hudson. But she's it's got one in her sexual. bedroom. I'm sure. Because that. In her that, bedroom? Yeah, and like her, in her bedroom, bathroom. Like, it's like in her. I mean, she's the house is huge, so I don't know what room it is. It's <laughs> some room that has a bathroom, and, you know. Um, hmm. Can't, is there a way for it's that? It's inherently sexual. It is. Right? Well,. In order to, this I do know because I did take one of those classes, and in order yeah. to grip the pole, mm-hmm, you have, everything I say is going to sound sexual. I can't even <laughs> think of a way to say it. You have to have the, as much skin touching the pole. That's how you grip, you can't do it with clothes on. Oh my God. Like you can't do those moves in pants. Okay. You have to. Your skin grabs I guess the pole and creates like friction so that you don't slip right down it. Yeah. So there's really no way to do it without being what are they scantily clad. <laughs> and then, uh, you know. Why is that the only time we ever use the word clad? That's true. Same with like clandestine liaisons. <laughs> I, like that. I just love that phrase. Right, but, um, right. It really only works one time for in one scenario. <laughs> Nobody's ever another kind of clad. Oh, oh. That's a good point. Overly clad? Never. 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 Nobody is ever excessively clad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, that's hilarious. Yeah. Do you want to hear about the history of mystery flavors? (laughs) Oh, my God. So dumb. Oh, well, I was going to bring you the science of the tennis grunt. Let's do it. So go ahead. Let's no, do it. mystery I like flavors. That better. Mystery flavors. Come you on. started. You kicked it off. All right. So I read an article on Medium. It was really good. Uh-huh. It was by a PhD who works in the study of flavors. Is the mystery flavor always pina colada? No. No, tutti frutti. Tutti frutti. I feel nope. like that's it. Sarah. Cherry. It's cherry. No. What is it? The mystery flavor, especially if we're talking about like dum dums, yeah, you know, airheads the, is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, with same the question with mark, them. same. It's, it's cherry. Just the when they have a batch that's done and they bring in a new batch, and so there's a mix, and they don't instead of ruining that amount, uh-huh. they just call it a mystery flavor. So the it really is a mystery. It's a it's more than one. You know what? Those jerks because they really pitched it as like <laughs> we could jerks. guess what it was. Because I was always under the impression that, like, the mystery flavor is, like, 
the flavor is a mystery and we're not going to tell you what it is, but it is a specific flavor and you should just try to guess what it is. Like, that's what I thought they were doing. So th- the sometimes mystery is like they the don't case, fucking know. Like when they run a contest. Yeah. Aww. Those are legit, but not with the dum-dums or the airheads. That's just dirty machinery. That, that is so They annoying. don't want to waste the product. So it's good that they don't want to waste it. Yeah. So let's celebrate that. Uh, but I feel like I'm being duped, like how they told me Skittles are all the same except for the smell. Uh-huh. That was a lie. Lies. Why do they do that? So mean. Although Candy's you're touching on one of the po- one of the properties of these mystery flavors is they often make them white. Yes. So that your body is confused. That is exactly the thing. When I picture mystery flavor, it's always white with question marks on it. Yeah, because if there's no cues visually, oh, then your brain has less information, so it's more of like... Blank. Scary. Whoa. Yeah. But it was talking about how the, even the concept of mystery flavors is a 21st century luxury because our bodies are biologically programmed to only want to eat things you know what they are. This reminds me of our cilantro chemical thing, how the go. brain goes to chemicals if it doesn't recognize it. Okay, yeah. yes. And so to feel that you can eat the mystery thing and feel safe is oh. like this new thing. You with your taste bud privilege. <laughs> right. And then it was talking about how the mystery flavor started with, let me see, it said, um, oh, it began with ice cream, like back in, you know, when they had oh. like ice cream shops. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they, it wasn't so much about guessing the flavor as it was about naming it. Like you'd eat it and then they'd want you to name oh, that's it cool. something and then you might win. Probably how Tutti Frutti came up with, how they <laughs> came up with that is. name. They're like, what should we call this? I don't know, Tutti Frutti. It tastes like all of them. That's so good. Yeah. And then it moved into candies, as you're describing Mm -hmm. the Skittles Mm -hmm. situation. And then, but I I would like a follow-up on the article because it said that that began about 2002. And anything that started in 2002, I always want to know, you know, if it's related to 9-11 and how we were... Feeling oh, like this nostalgia. We needed like maybe a little... we needed comfort. We needed oh, playfulness. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I want. I always wonder if that's the sort of underlying. Because why two thousand two? What was happening that made people want to go like I'm going to have Skittles that are white and try to guess what? Oh, weird. Is there you know Jelly Bellies? Yeah. Do they have a Jelly Belly mystery flavor? They should. They yeah, should. they have that. Ga- no, they have the game where. They have pears, and it might be vomit, or it might be oh, yeah, yeah, butter yeah, popcorn, yeah, yeah, and you yeah, don't know which yeah. you're getting. Yeah. That's just as bad. Yeah, definitely. Nobody wants the booger flavor. No, but everybody wants great sheets. Yes. And I know that I have the best sheets because I have Brooklyn in sheets. I do too, so I also have the best. So <laughs> Somebody um, Instagrammed me a picture of their new Brooklyn in sheets and was like, these better be good. <laughs> Because I live in Canada. I think oh, she wow. could, had to have it shipped somewhere. Yeah, they're somewhere. definitely going to like them. Yeah, and I was like, don't worry. Yeah. Um, Brooklinen is the winner of the best online, online betting category, so you don't have to just take my word for it. They have all these reviews. Everyone loves them. They get better the more times I wash them. They get softer. They don't fade. And they cut out the middleman. So they have these luxury sheets, but you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for them, which is so great. And they don't all come in sets, so you can mix colors and match them. You can make your room more interesting that way. And the Brooklinen sheets I have are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer for our listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping 
when you use promo code BRAIN at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so sure you'll love your new sheets. They offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code BRAIN at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code BRAIN. Brooklinen, they're the best sheets ever. I'm not done talking about mystery flavors. Sarah's oh. looking at me like she just witnessed the crime. Like, are you okay? Were you just shocked at my No, wind? I think I like went somewhere in my mind for a second. Where that. did you go? I was just thinking about Brooklyn and Sheets. I was thinking about like Striped. And then I went to like decorating my guest room. And then I was like, oh, wait, come back, Sarah. You're still- I lost you. I'm here. I'm here. I promise. That is funny. Well, okay. So here's what I want to say about the mystery flavors. So yeah. then they did this big Doritos contest. Uh-huh. I did remember you participate? This. Did I part in eating it? <laughs> That's it. Do you remember what it was, the the first one? Oh, my God. I don't know if they've done more than one. It it's was something, something spicy. really weird. Was it spicy? I want to say it was spicy. I Bar- mean, maybe something. it tasted spicy. No, what was it? Uh, Mountain Dew. What? The- nope, I did not. That was not what I was thinking. I was thinking the kind where they had three different yes. flavors, and they were like, pick which one is going to be the... The next, yeah, the next thing. Yeah, none of this Mountain Dew shit. What is that? It was like Doritos Quest or something, and you had to go on this hunt to figure it out. And people loved it. <laughs> I'm into it. I think it's cute. I wouldn't want to eat it. We are into very different things. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> that's been determined. But do I you, don't know. I think it's cute. Do you think you would like geo tracking? Why don't we? You do that with Adam and Lincoln. Oh, I've heard about that. You would, that you your family would love this. What is? Why are you against it? I'm and not, what is I it exactly? I think it's a great idea. I just don't. People I, leave things. Yeah. So like, and you have to find. There are like it. clues, and you can go online, and then it's really cool because the clues are are they're challenging. They'll be difficult, and like, uh, can anyone do it? Yes. And I was talking to one of my uh, one of the people in my cohort a couple of weeks ago, and they were telling me that they do it, and they found a fake lemon in the lemon tree that when you opened it up had stuff inside, and so like you knew it was going to be a lemon on the lemon tree, but, but you had you to find the fake lemon, like find the lemon, and they just it was so clever how they hung it to look like a real Why lemon. Why aren't you into it? I just. I, Maybe when grad school's over, you booked solid. Booked solid right now. Uh, but you're but not I would against love it. a weekend to geo track or hunt or whatever they it call it. It sounds so fun. Super fun, and it seems like something Lincoln and Adam would really be into. Yeah, we would be into. You should that. definitely do that. And we then you are get one to of like like hide your own thing and like write clues if you want. You can like it's and really then you, cool. Where do you put it? Like the clues. I think there's a website like a geotracker.com or geo something. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, I thought I'll so. I'll do it. I'll get started on that. Yeah. <laughs> Pronto. All right, Did you ever do scavenger hunts when you were little? Just for fun. Sometimes I think that my mom was ran out of stuff and then would say, hey, we're going to do a scavenger hunt. I'm going to need four AA batteries and would like make a list and send us around the neighborhood. Oh, my God. And I really, kidding. now looking back, I'm like, I think we were just out of shit. She didn't want to go to the store. And you would have to ask neighbors. We like what did scavenger, my mom did scavenger hunts all the time. All the time. I don't understand where she had the time for all this. She worked in the film industry. It's seven days on, 14 Question off. mark, yeah. Question mark <laughs> when your next job is going to be. Right. She was freelance. And then what did you get if you won the scavenger hunt? 
I don't just remember. Bragging rights. Maybe. Hmm. Like a list and a little battery. You got a battery. One of the like, batteries you yeah, can keep. Yeah. Hmm. Tell me about that grunt thing. Oh, yeah. So this was, I. did you read this? No. It was in the New Yorker. Mm-mm. The Science of the Tennis Grunt. So with the oh, U.S. Science. Open happening right now or just finished, uh, they were looking at like, you know, those noises that they all make. Do you ever watch tennis? Yeah. And you're familiar with the... Yeah. And some of them get like really into it. I guess there was one Spanish guy who he smacked the serve and he made a sound that almost sounded like au revoir. No. Yeah. Like Every he, time? Yeah. That's funny. And so so somebody was like, I got to like figure out what's yeah, going yeah. on here. So people were saying like, does it make you hit harder? So these researchers... Uh, they're mammal vocalization researchers at the University of Essex in England mm-hmm. published a paper on animal behavior titled Tennis Grunts Communicate Acoustic Cues to Sex and Contestant Outcome. And they found out that players' grunts that were lower pitched were the ones who were victorious. And when they're higher pitched grunts, they're the losing player. Wow. And these researchers were able to watch the U.S. Open without looking at them actually playing and predict who was going to win and who was going to lose based on the pitch of their grunts. And they see the same thing in animals. Like there's a red deer, I think it's the red something deer, um, and they kind of go do this back and forth um, vocalization, kind of like a tennis match, I guess, if you will. Like they go back and forth with another male deer. And the male deer who's not as aggressive and is the more of like the beta compared to the alpha will mimic a more feminine tone because he wants to look more submissive. So he's a little higher pitched and a little more of like a female tone. And then that one is obviously the one who doesn't get the mate. It's mm. the one who has the lower, more aggressive pitch. But they change their pitch if they feel like they're going to lose. That's Well, so, okay. So the same player might have a different yes. pitch each game. Yes, depending okay. on whether they're winning or losing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were looking at um, like specific players and their kind of pitches and things like that. Like uh, Maria Sharapova, hers is very shrieky, like the like a bird of paradise almost. And it uh, it gets especially high when she is losing. And I watched her lose this weekend, and last weekend I guess, and it was definitely high pitched and almost like annoying. I was like, oh god. And Serena Williams, hers is very volatile and powerful, and her grunts go all the way up to eleven hundred hertz when she's losing and down to five hundred or 600 hertz when she's winning. Okay. So she has a full range of like 6, 600 hertz difference in her vocal ranges when she's winning or losing. How do you know, how did they know the, the causation in terms of what if it's, if you pitch, if your pitch is lower, that makes you win? How do mm. they know that the pitch is the symptom rather than the cause? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, that's probably dumb, but... Yeah, I, I, want, I would wonder if it's one of those things where they kind of play into each other, kind of like feeling like if you go into a job interview and you do those moves before, right? like what, you know, what's kind of making you confident for the job interview? Is it the moves or is it feeling confident for the job interview? Mm-hmm. Like, is it the voice or is it knowing that you're going to win? Yeah, does losing make your pitch higher or does the high pitch make you lose? I think it's probably like you recognize that you are losing. Well, that's and what it sounds it, like. But you kind of go into like know. a panicky mode, right? And you start getting. And I would imagine, you know, what you'd have to look at is how it changed with the spread of points. Yeah. Does if the spread of points is greater and you're definitely going to win, is it very low or you know? So interesting follow up. 
Right. Get on that University of Sussex. And then what did they, I wonder what they would say about, because some of them don't grunt at all. Yeah, and some, the ones who do, I'm like, there was one. It. There was one, especially this weekend, that I was just like, "That is too much." Really? To, I think it was Maria Sharapova. Really? Like that's too loud. But then you know, who cares? You're if you're in the U.S. <laughs> Open, you do whatever you want. Right. Good point. Yeah. Um, I'm going to introduce a guest. Oh yay! I'm really excited about it. Um, his name is Joe Navarro. And he wrote the Dictionary of Body Language, a field guide to human behavior. Well, if that isn't a nice little segue right there. Yeah. He's the best-selling author of What Every Body Is Saying, What Everybody Is Saying. And he used to be an FBI special agent. Okay. This is great. So great. It's a really fun book to have because it's, it's what it sounds like. So it's the Dictionary of Body Language. So it's a list of body parts. And then when... Something is happening with that body part, what it could mean. Oh, my God. And you read this? Yeah. Well, I'm not playing poker with you anymore. Well, you shouldn't have anyway. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do love poker. Although, I don't think I'm good at that part of it. But I bet you'd be able to read tells better after reading this book. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, he talks about how, you know, let's say somebody's maybe a suspect in a crime, Mm -hmm. um, that their behavior can indicate nervousness but it doesn't necessarily mean guilt good to know good because i'm always nervous and rarely guilty and nervousness is what he says is a reason to ask more questions Mm. about that person and try and get more but it doesn't mean like they definitely are a murderer good good um but there were so many things in there that that caught my eye and i found really helpful just like as he made really good points about how you can apply it to parenting oh my gosh dating. i'm sure if you want to know if somebody's interested in you and you're on a date yep. and you're like i don't know mm-hmm. um one thing he talks about is something called serenity and turmoil and it's often referred to as narcissistic serenity and it's basically like when someone isn't stressed but should be mm-hmm and like they have a calmness that doesn't match the severity of the situation mm-hmm. and that is a um sign of psychopathy oh yeah i know and i was like because he mentioned like certain perp walks of like bernie madoff and stuff uh, and they like oh yeah i why see why are you so calm and they're like weirdo. fine with it yeah oh gosh yeah stuff like that um but there's a lot of perp walks like that <laughs> right where you're like Oh, boy. Uh-huh. My good. Glad you're going in. <laughs> um, studies show that athletes' smiles differ noticeably depending on whether they finish in first, second, or third place. They're grunting really high-pitched and making funny faces in third place, I guess. And the same distinction holds true for congenitally blind athletes who have never seen a smile on another person's okay. face. Okay. It's in the brain, baby. Wow, that's so cool. It also talks about how like Botox kind of fucks mm-hmm. up your ability to be read mm-hmm. because those same signals aren't there. Um, but one signal I will never forget is when Third Love told me what kind of bra I should be wearing and what size I should be wearing. Mm-hmm. And I don't love bras. Yeah, so if I'm wearing one, it better be fitting right. And real comfortable. And real comfortable. 
And Third Love has the perfect fit. You can take the quiz online um, and just try one of their 70 sizes. They wow. have half sizes. If you have unusual breast size or um, hard to find size, mm-hmm. then they might be the, the perfect thing for you. They have a fit finder quiz. Um, and they're just comfortable and high quality, which is really what you want in a bra, especially because I wear mine for a really long time. Yeah. Um, I think most of us do. Right. Like that's All day. You, well, no, I mean like, oh, for, like years. for years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Day, yes. I'm like, yeah, for like hours. <laughs> <laughs> Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash brain now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash brain for 15% off today. I misspoke and told someone on Twitter that our code was brain, but it's really the URL. It's thirdlove.com slash brain. Oh, Just okay. remember that. Good to know. But anyway, I really enjoyed talking to this uh Joe Navarro, the FBI special agent, about what he's learned over his career about the body and how we use it without realizing it. And you can even kind of adjust maybe your to do a little sneaky sneaks. Um, So welcome to the show and definitely check out the book, The Dictionary of Body Language and his other book, What Everybody is Saying. Welcome, Joe. So first of all, I freaking love your book, Joe. So congrats on a wonderful book. You must be feeling great. How are you feeling? Thank you. Well, I, I, I'll tell you. Every time <laughs> I, uh, I I write a book, I I I wait to uh, <laughs> to, to hear if, if people like it or not. Because you know, you sit there and you fight for words, you fight yeah. for space, and you you're doing the research. And then as as people email and say, "Hey, I really love it." Uh, just today. Uh, Somebody emailed me and said that they were uh, reading it at the airport, and he, and uh, and he loved it because he was looking at the people sitting directly <laughs> across from him. So uh, that's pretty cool, yeah. That is so cool, and it is such a great place to put your book into practice because, I mean, people watching at the airport is fascinating, of course. Oh, it's a great place for that, sure. <laughs> well, you had written what everybody is saying, and everyone went mm-hmm. bananas and loved it. And this is sort of the follow-up to that, but it can be read alone, really, because it's such a handy resource to have. And I imagine that your life is pretty weird in that people are probably... Do, like, does this make people uncomfortable around you where they have to... <laughs> like, do you notice a stiffness? Oh my gosh! Yes, I. <laughs> well, for, first of all, uh, thank you. You know what everybody was saying. Uh, what everybody is saying was written uh, uh, eight years ago, right. or, uh, or or actually in two thousand and eight. So now it's been ten years. Yeah. And it it had about one hundred and forty behaviors in it. The the new one, the Dictionary of Body Language, has has four hundred. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it makes people very nervous. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times people will stand next to me and and they'll say, "I I don't know what to do with my hands. Is, is, is this right?" And I go, "Just relax." Right, know? but like yeah. whenever you are living your life, are you able to turn yeah. this off where you can just not be aware of people's behaviors, or are you constantly assessing? 
you know, that's a fair question. And I have to say that, you know, it, it, it's like software. It runs in the background. It's always on. <laughs> um, if somebody asks me, um, can you break down somebody's behavior? I, I can do it. But, you know, for the most part, you know, like I, on Sundays, I get together with my neighbors. And it's really about, is everybody comfortable? Yeah. And if somebody's uncomfortable for some reason, um, then, you know, what is it? Is it because they got to go? Is it because, uh, you know, the dogs are too loud, what, whatever. So we look for comfort and discomfort, but I, you know, I honestly, I don't sit there and overanalyze <laughs> people. Um, although I'm tempted to, um, but you know, it, it, I'll, I'll give you an example. Sometimes you just can't help yourself like you'll 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 run into a family and they have uh have three daughters and and uh you'll notice that the mother crosses the leg and so if she were to fall because she's off balance she would fall towards one of the daughters and and you're thinking i know that's her that's her favorite no. because oh well, yeah because we 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 tend to um, cross our legs and uh, and position ourselves that we would fall towards that favored uh, oh, child. I don't gosh. I don't say anything, but it, it really does stand out. That is something I never thought of. That is bizarre, but we do oh, this try stuff. It, try it. At, try it at Christmas or get together. <laughs> and notice, uh, and and even you know, like, like girlfriend to girlfriend, you, you you'll. You can say, you know, you can see who your best mate is when you're with a group of friends precisely because you would fall towards each other. This is horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it can, but, but you see the utility of it. You can, you can, uh, you can read people and, and, uh, and so forth. You know, and the big one is empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, When you can see that somebody has a need. Uh, somebody's lonely, somebody is sad, somebody's just down, somebody uh, is heartbroken. Um, when we can pick up on those behaviors and and make that part of our life and say, you know what, I'm here for you. Well, that's um, what I that's think is huge. so cool is that your book has so many applications. It can be, you know, just a fun parlor game where you're just doing it. To, mm-hmm. Like we're talking about with the you know who's your favorite friend or it can be applied in the way that you're describing where you can actually help people with whatever it is they're dealing with or scoping out somebody who's bad news yeah there are so many applications i'll tell you i i had a a letter um that was sent to me via the uh the uh publisher who uh, was telling me about a mother who has a child who is on the spectrum disorder and um, the child has difficulty reading body language, but she's been able to teach uh, her son these very specific behaviors so that he is aware of what other children are doing. Like he didn't understand why it is that when he asks people questions, they sort of raise up their, their shoulders, hmm. you know, in that, in that, in that stereotypical, I don't know. Well, he didn't know what that meant. Oh, wow. And, and, and so she was able to teach him that that's huge. That's that huge, is for, huge. For, 
for uh, for a young uh, child who who uh, who's starting out, or or even a clinician who uh, at a at a session I was doing said to me, you know, I never nobody ever taught us in medical school about how when people are troubled by things they touch their neck or they cover their neck, wow. and um, and he said, you know, I I asked. Uh, a patient of mine, a question it had to do with um, her past history, gynecological history, and she was reluctant to talk about it, but she kept touching her neck. And eventually she did reveal that she had had uh, a previous problems. And he said, I would have never known that if I hadn't known about the neck touching. And, you know, oftentimes people are reluctant to say something, but their nonverbals reveal uh, the truth of the matter. And um, so when I hear stories like that, it's gratifying that, you know, when I'm up till two in the morning typing. (laughs) So it's it's good. Well, and it makes sense now. I never thought about it before about how it is called body language, because it truly is a way of speaking without speaking. And a lot of what you talk about in the book is the way in which our words sometimes don't match our the language of our body. And that if you can be aware of those inconsistencies, you can figure things out. Is that accurate way to put it? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I mean, when you think about uh, seafarers, uh, you know, when, when people sailed across the world and they landed in, in new areas, uh, um, they had to rely on on the uh, the body language, and uh, you know, uh, I know a lot of people that travel, and and you may not speak the local language, but you know, when when somebody smiles or and, and encourages you or welcomes you, or you know, you look at the menu and you and, and you point and you arch your eyebrows, <laughs> and it's, yeah, that's that's what I want. And, and it's and it is a universal language. There there are many behaviors that we do that that are universal that uh, that we share. Um, and, and you know those those that I described those welcoming the the smile the the art you know the flashing of the eyes when you go hey how are you. <laughs> Those are the things that 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 make uh, for uh, for good relationships, and uh, but you know it's also the the language of love. Look at uh, I mean nobody gets married uh, based on a curriculum vitae or a resume. <laughs> um, I mean when you think about it, it's you know attraction is is based on on nonverbals. It's based on those uh, pupils that dilate when you see someone that you really like, it's the flaring of the nostrils because you want to take in their pheromones. It's the relaxing of the face. It's, it's when the face changes from looking at someone to gazing at someone. And now you're transmitting, I'm interested in you, uh, you know, and, um, and all that take, takes place non-verbally. So it's a, it, it, it's a powerful thing that, we often ignore um, I think when it comes to dating. One thing that I noticed when I was reading your book, like when you would make those distinctions between staring and gazing and things like that, yeah. I thought, 
Right. That makes sense. Like we all know these things intrinsically, but we maybe don't pay attention to them. And I love that about your book is that now I feel more present and aware of my surroundings, which is such an awesome thing to be. Yeah, I, I, I think it's all it's something that we can all benefit from. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish uh, I had known all these things when I first started in the FBI. It would have made my life a lot easier. Um, but just think for a moment about um, when, you know, I'm sure you've seen many times uh, where a, a woman will touch her hair <laughs> as she's looking at, at, at someone. Well, the fact that she touches the hair causes us to, to look. That's part of the orientation reflex. We look at movement. But whether or not she exposes the inside of her wrist as she's doing it communicates whether she likes this person a lot or not. Those subtle things we sometimes miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I remember in high school somebody saying to me, you idiot. Don't you know she likes you? And I, no, I don't. I have no idea. I, you know, it's like maybe she's looking at me because, you know, I have a sweaty T-shirt or something. I don't, am, I, am I supposed to know that? But but so when you read about those things and you say, oh, mm-hmm. um, she was looking at me in this way or I'm looking at her in, in this way. Um, then that is communicating uh, something. Yeah, so, yeah. it's so there, insightful. There's a, there's a lot in there for, for everybody. I agree. And I think our listeners, we often, we on the show, we often talk about the, you know, fringe elements of society, which you go into as well, the sort of, you know, sociopathic behaviors that are out of mm-hmm. line with maybe normal behavior. And one of the ones yeah. that was particularly troubling was I think you called it serenity and turmoil where somebody's demeanor is so calm when it really shouldn't be. What is that? Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's a good one. That that's part of, uh, of what we often see with, uh, with psychopaths where, you know, the world is crumbling around them. They're in deep trouble. Um, you know, you and I would be very, um, humbled and contrite and, uh, and and so forth. And they just seem to be very cocky, uh, very arrogant, um, like nothing's bothering them. And, um, and in my experience, um, this is one of the things that I observed with, with people, uh, malignant narcissists and with psychopaths is that they devalue others and so in doing so, they overvalue themselves. And so when even when they're wow. in deep trouble, they seem to have this, this sort of look of uh, narcissistic serenity. And it's frightening uh, because you, you'll see them where, you know, in a courtroom where the family that's been uh, victimized, maybe they've lost a daughter or something, they're all crying and, and traumatized. And they just sit there like, uh, let's get this over. And it's, 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 yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's almost reptilian. It's like reptilian indifference. Yeah. Yeah, It's very, um, it lacks a humanness. Yeah. 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 Well, so here's what I want to discern 
whenever, sometimes like whenever you see a, someone on the news and it's the wife is dead and everyone thinks the husband did it and we start sort of mm-hmm. analyzing the husband's behavior and assuming he's guilty because maybe he doesn't seem that sad or whatever. Do yeah. you think that those are fair assessments or that maybe some of the things in the book where you say people mistake nervous behavior for guilt? So yeah. I'm like, which which one is it? Which should I think? Yeah. Well, I I think that's a very good question, and I think it's a very valid and important question. I think the first thing is we should not jump jump to judgment. At the same time, our role as humans is to assess behaviors, and there's nothing wrong with cataloging the behavior and saying, you know what, Um, the the wife or the children are are missing Mm – you know, is this person, why is this person not crying? That it doesn't mean they're guilty. It just, maybe it just stands out in our mind because yeah. maybe we would be crying. Yeah. Um, maybe they looked, maybe they look too callous. Maybe their blink rate is too high. Maybe they're bothered by simple questions. Um, you know, um, why is it that they're answering questions as though it was in the past tense rather than in the present tense? I, what I try to do is say, look, all these behaviors are important. Catalog them. Mm -hmm. If, if you sense there's something wrong there, then only use that to ask more questions, but not to say, oh, um, you know, he must be lying because there's no tears. Well, I, I know some people that just don't cry when yeah. they're stressed, but they break down in private. So um, I think we need to be careful with that. I, was, I th- also think we need to be careful because there is no Pinocchio effect. There is no single behavior indicative of deception. And, hmm. uh, you know, many times we, we do behaviors like we cover our mouths or scratch our nose when somebody asks us a question that's maybe too personal, but that doesn't mean we're lying. It just means that I didn't like that. Yeah. And, um, and, and so we ask more questions. That's why your book is so great though, because you uh, take each of these things and break it down and say what it could be. And as you say, it just uh, leads to the next question or, or observation rather than certainty about anything. Yeah, exactly. Because look, all of us hide things, all yeah. of us conceal things, but not because it, there's anything criminal. It's just sometimes it's very, very personal. Yeah. And just to be asked about it um, can cause a psychological uh, uh, this discomfort. Um, the other thing is, you know, a, a lot of people have had traumatic experiences in in their lives, and for someone to then ask anything related to those things to them, um, you know, may cause a lot of uh, a lot of stress. So, um, I think it's important to make observations, but the the inference that we should draw is not one of guilt or that they're lying, but rather, are there more questions that I should be asking yeah. so that I can get to the, to the truth? 
Well, you're so you use body language away as a way of telling, uh, learning about people, and we always ask mm-hmm. one question to everyone that we think helps us understand that person, which is, uh, what do you keep in the trunk of your car if you have a car? What do I keep in the trunk <laughs> of my car? Uh, oh, that's yeah, that's very easy. Suntan lotion. That's what you keep in the trunk of your car. I love it. What is the deal? You're worried about well, because sun I, exposure. I, I, I live in Florida, and <laughs> invariably people come to visit, and they want to go to the beach, and they don't think about how hot it is <laughs> and how how they'll broil under the Florida sun. Oh, and so I always, I always keep uh, 70 SPF. <laughs> And uh, and I always spray them because I say, you know, you live up north down here <laughs> in 20 minutes, you're going to be uh, uh, burnt. So, yeah, wow. I, I bet you've never had anybody answer it like that. <laughs> Not once. You are the first person <laughs> to keep sunscreen in their car. That's great. I love it. Um I hope everybody reads the Dictionary of Body Language. It's a must-have, in my opinion, because it's a resource that people can look to over time, not just read it once and then be done with it, which I think is fantastic. So thank you so much for sharing that with us and for answering my questions and harassment. Well, it's my pleasure. You're a lot of fun, and uh, let's do it again sometime. It's a deal. Thank you, Jill. You're off the hook. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Have a great day. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Bye-bye.